Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Hello again, everyone, and welcome into the Not On Your Side Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Bailey, joined tonight by Garrett Short, Jason Boyd, on our fine staff here at WNCT Not On Your Side. Today we're going to talk about the NFL Draft. All of us have favorite teams, per se. I don't think Jason really does. He doesn't watch a lot of pro sports, he says, but I know he keeps up with it. So we've got him to talk about it a little bit as well. Your favorite team, Garrett? Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, and they were awful in the draft. So we'll talk about that. I'm just kidding. We'll talk about that coming up in the uh, program as well. Well, and we'll talk about the Panthers in depth, obviously, because there's a lot of interest uh, around town and around the state of North Carolina and the Carolina Panthers. But, uh, you know, when you look at the draft, here's the thing that gets me about the NFL draft. You know, they run a thousand mock drafts before the draft. I hate those things. Then you have the draft. And then it used to be that you would you would get up the next, say the draft would be on the weekend or whenever it was. And on Monday, you get the USA Today and you'd read all the grades and everything. Well, now, as soon as they pick, you get a grade from everybody. And the funny thing about the grades, for my Dallas Cowboys, my favorite team, I've seen for their draft everything from an A-plus to an F minus. I mean, that's everything you can get to. So, I mean, at some point you have to wonder exactly like, you know, what's, you know, the only way you can tell if it's a good draft or not is to play down the road and how the players do and and how many wins and, and losses you get. But but how how did you think your bears did? You know, at the end of the day, we didn't have a first round pick for the, again, I think a consecutive year, second or third year in a row. Um, I think they got a lot of draft picks at the end. They kept trading to get more talent. And obviously, you know, those sixth, seventh round guys are a little bit more of a a risk for the sake of they might not play ever. They might not play more than a few games here and there. Yes, it's obviously not as important of a pick, but at that point when you're that bad of a team, you need as many options as possible. So for that, I liked it. Jason, what about your uh, thoughts on the draft? Well, I am a Panthers fan, I guess you could say, because Good. I used to be a uh, Steelers fan until they came around. So I kind of watched both teams, and it's interesting to see. You know, they end up with Kenny Pickett. That was something that the Panthers had uh, talked about as a possibility for a picks. So I like the whole aspect of the whole um, rumors and drafts and grades and stuff because it's so fascinating to watch because you don't re- – I mean, the NBA does that. You yeah. can't really get a gauge of that for the uh, MLB. But I like what the Panthers did. I like what the Steelers did. I thought it was a very good draft for them. I don't know if it would be a, a great draft, but they obviously feel the needs that they uh, had with the offensive line and such, and there's possibly more uh, still to come because, as you said, there's a thousand rumors, and Grapple, Jimmy Grappolo has been talked about as far as uh, possibly. Baker Mayfield's been talked about. You know, Where's he going to go? So, so that's interesting. You know, t- to me, it's, 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 it's all like uh, it's all like fancy sports in a sense. It's yeah. interesting to read all that stuff and see the grades. And, and it wasn't a great draft for a quarterback. So if you're in need for a quarterback, it was kind of one of those, you know, ho-hum type deals because Pickett is the only one that went in the first round. And we remember drafts before where three and four and five guys would go in the first 10, 12, 15 picks because the quarterback position is such a critical position in football and especially in the National Football League. The Panthers waited until the third round, and I thought they got a, a good deal when they got the quarterback from uh, old Miss Matt Corral, uh, Corral rather. The, uh, you know, when you look at, at, at what he's able to do and what the Panthers were able to do is to get a quarterback who could be a starter down the line in the third round, but they get a true, you know, future star probably with their first round pick. I think they went at it perfectly. I'm a little surprised actually that they chose Corral because. You know, we were talking with Brandon, one of our other guys here at WNCT, and I was saying you have to go with offensive line first. 
Bears fans, every fan at one point has known the issues of not having an offensive line. If you can't protect the quarterback, he's not going to be able to complete a throw. It doesn't matter who he it, is. It does not matter who you are if he's lying face down in the turf. Yep. And they took the best guy available. Iki Aquanu was anywhere from the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh best prospect. And they got him at six. And that way you at least know that whoever is behind him might not be this year as a rookie. Aquanu is going to have some growing pains whether that's Corral or Darnold or whoever two, three, four years from now, at least you know he's going to have a, a chance, a fighting chance. So I thought the Aquanu pick was, it might have been my favorite of the first round. I, it was one of my favorites of the first round too, especially when he's from North Carolina State. You know, Here's a kid who plays in the Tar Heel State, going to stay with the, the Tar Heel State with his professional team with the Carolina Panthers. And, he's from Charlotte. And, 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 from, and, and from what everybody says, just a great kid too. Yeah, yeah. you listen to him talk. I sifted through a whole bunch of those um, post-draft interviews and they're, when they introduced him to the fans and stuff, very well spoken. Um, talks about the important things, not only the fact that you know he's a, a violent guy on the field, but also he's very well spoken and talks about this is my community. I have a chance now with the money, the resources, the Panthers behind me to try and make some positive change yeah. for the community. So. I've, I don't know of anyone that hasn't really liked the Aquanu pick. And it was scary because, you know, like you said, you know, Brandon and so many others were talking about, you know, who the Panthers are going to pick. And we were all saying, yeah, they're going to pick a quarterback, going to pick uh, pick it. But that was the best alternative, I guess yeah. you would say, as far as the pick was concerned because it addresses a need. And, and like you said, this is not a great quarterback class this year. Mel Kuyper is already talking about 2023 being a much better exactly. uh, quarterback class, you know, so the, the, the debate begins with that and such. But, yeah, for, for what they had to do, for what they had to pick, and even further down the line as far as linebackers and, and such, uh, the other picks they made, I, I thought they did it about as good as they could possibly do. Now it's just a matter of whether Matt Rule can win more than five games this year. And that's the thing. I was a little surprised by Corral because next year's draft class is supposed to be good at quarterback. Panthers fans are probably at least realistic ones know that they're not going to win more than seven games next year, more than likely. They're probably going to be in the top 15, 20 picks easily. So I would say top five I, to 10 picks. I, I, I didn't want to be a little bit <laughs> yeah, rude, what I've seen and what the Vegas odds say about what, what yeah. they're going to do. If, if the Saints can play well with whatever quarterback plays, yeah, there's a pretty good chance that they're in the top 10 picks. Yeah. And you could go with guys like C.J. Stroud, um, the guy from Alabama, uh, who I'm now blanking on his name. But there's, there's so much talent in this next quarterback class. So when they picked Corrales, it's not a bad kid. Super tough, very athletic. Uh, I know he got an ankle injury in the Sugar Bowl, but it seems like that was just a, a severe ankle sprain. Nothing broke. So you hope for structural damage, very minimal. And I think that he's going to probably push Darnold to the limits because you have those athletic, competitive guys. Corral's not going to lose. And the Panthers gave up a lot to get Sam Darnold. And then all of a sudden, once they got him and got him in the games, it's like they were disappointed. With, you know, if they but he won his again. first, what, two, three games? Yeah. So he looked like they a were on a roll. Yeah, they were on a roll They early. just fell flat. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah, yeah, it's life in the National Football League. Oh. You never can tell. All right, for my Cowboys picking 24th in the first round, and there was all kinds of talk they were going to try to move up and they were going to try to do some different things. They need help at wide receiver, but they really need help on the offensive line, and they took the Tulsa offensive lineman, Tyler Smith. We, we had a chance to see him a couple of times during his career playing in the American Athletic Conference. So uh, this this guy, and I've seen, you know, the the, the – consultants and all of the commentators rank him as high as an A-plus pick and a, and a D. I mean, some people didn't like him. Some people did like him. There's some questions about, you know, penalties with him because the Cowboys don't need anybody else committing a penalty. Yeah. 
But uh, but they need help for for Dak Prescott. They've got to protect him, as you said, Garrett. I mean, you got to protect your quarterback. And the radio personality who said he would quit his job if they picked him—that was uh, probably some of the humorous you know, aspects yeah. of, the, of the draft itself, too. So. The uh, Cowboys also picked up Sam Williams, who is a pass rusher, and they really like him a lot. And then the wide receiver they picked in the third round, Jalen Tolbert. I mean, this is this guy can can fly, and they need vertical speed. And so they're hoping that he works out. The Cowboys have always been really good. Cowboys are like the Pirates of East Carolina. When they have a really good tight end and they have good play out of the tight end, they're usually pretty good. And that's uh, and Cowboys have always had great tight ends, but they picked one. Uh, late in the draft as well as that goes. So they've uh, trying to solidify some positions as uh, with that. I'm trying to see some of the other picks that they had. They had a lot of picks late, and they hope that they also got some undrafted free agents that we're going to talk about in just a second. But they really like the ones they picked up there. And and I read an article this week that said that the Cowboys aren't really you know embarrassed about the fact that they may have they may keep some of these undrafted free agents over some of their late draft picks. And that's just you know life in the NFL as well. Yeah. One of those things – is the risk, you know, worth it for these undrafted free agents? A lot of time, yes. These guys come in, their contracts are pretty minimal. It's a chance for them to come in with a chip on their shoulders and prove themselves. We see some guys from ECU getting their shots, and obviously it's it's nice to see the guys, especially from smaller schools, come have a chance and also, you know, prove it. There's a lot of guys in the NFL that find a lot of success, both, both sides of the ball, that are undrafted, but they right. haven't proven it. There are all kinds of success stories throughout the – I think I read somewhere that the number of undrafted free agents in the Hall of Fame truly outnumber the number one picks in the Hall of Fame. And that, Jerry that, Rice, that kind players of, like that. kind of tells you something about that. Now, speaking of undrafted free agents, I wanted to talk about that a little bit with the East Carolina angle. Jaquan McMillan, uh, to date, as we record here on this Wednesday, he is the only East Carolina Pirate player, I think, to sign a free agent deal. DJ Ford, I believe, is Did also he sign a deal that he's getting invited to a I, I'm a not camp. sure he has officially inked anything yet, but I believe but he, he he's is, close is, if, he, he if he hasn't. Yeah. Jets, I knew I DJ Ford was, was right there, but uh, Jaquan McMillan... And the thing I wanted to bring up about that, and I knew about DJ because uh, he played at North Carolina, came over to East Carolina, and he's really a good kid too. But the thing about the, the undrafted free agents that I don't understand is the Tyler Sneed situation because Tyler Sneed had a chance to come back for another year, and I don't think that he would have gone you know, and left East Carolina if, if he didn't think. I think he thought he might be drafted, although we all thought that was a long shot. Mm-hmm. But I really thought that somebody out there had said, said, hey, we will sign you as an undrafted free agent and you will get your shot. Now, there is word out there that he still has a chance. There's, there's some in the inner workings of everything uh, through his agent, uh, through some other people that they're trying to get him somewhere. And there's still a chance he will sign with somebody and get a chance as a free agent. But that's kind of a shame if he had a chance to do what he had a chance to do. Yeah, I think that he's put up so many huge numbers over the course of the last few seasons to where this was you know as good of a time as any to leave so you can't fault him for that but he was one of those guys I'm surprised Jaquan was not drafted I figured Snead would be right around that seventh or undrafted type of guy and you know he's he's small right now but I think he's going to be a practice squad guy that proves himself he's gritty he's tough he's quick as a hiccup that's what I expect is to find himself on a practice squad somewhere you know how many injuries happen over the course oh, of the regular season. I mean, you know as well as any that just because you have the wide receiver as a Cowboys fan, sometimes they get hurt, and all of a oh, sudden yeah. you have to bring guys up. And 
And Dak Prescott's good enough a quarterback. I'm sure Tyler Sneed would yeah. be just fine friends with him. I'd like to see that. Blake Prohl went out uh, a year early, and he hooked up with the Vikings, and he was going to make that team before he was injured last summer. And they're bringing him back. They've signed him again, so he's got a shot to uh, to make that team. And they really like him a lot. And I think that that's, that's kind of what I thought the thinking was with Tyler Sneed from East Carolina, the same type deal, that he had something worked out. But evidently, nothing's been worked out as of yet. But we we still think there's some talk going on, and, and though he may get a chance before it's all. And we hope he does because, obviously, he did a lot of great things at East Carolina. I always tell the story that the first time he went on the field for East Carolina, I think it was his true freshman year, he ran out, and he was so small. And we joked on the sideline that it looked like somebody stole one of those Halloween costumes <laughs> in a pirate uniform and ran out. And he started catching passes, passes everywhere. He was catching everything. And, I mean, and from that moment on, I mean, he was just, uh, all over the place and really an asset to the Pirate offense. And uh, and we'll, of course, talk more about East Carolina football coming up uh, later on as we get closer to uh, summer camp. But uh, you got to like what some of the things they've done wide receiver-wise because they've been able to to sign some folks, and uh, they're very excited about that. Yeah, they need they need that. Yeah. You know, between With some, CJ being questionable right now. And, and guys like, you know, Audio Matosho and Snead and stuff, you need a lot of the – not just talent, but consistent talent to come in. And old Ehlers has his offense down pat. Yeah. He talks about it to this point where he'll joke about it yeah. you know, with us to say, you know, this is my, you know, 17th year. 17th yeah. year, it kind of feels like it. And he just keeps coming out and he'll have a few throws here and there in practice, but he doesn't need too much of a, a ramp up. He knows everything already. So hopefully that can help some of the new wide receivers come in because Ehlers doesn't have to work on a ton with the offense. He's got that stuff down pat. Plus, the running backs, I mean, there's so much talk about that and what they can do with that. I think that's going to add another element, you know, too. There was so many expectations that, that were really delivered last year as far as the, the ground game was concerned. So I think that will certainly help Holton and maybe even the pass game in a sense to kind of diversify it a little bit more. So um, it's not a gots-to-have thing, but it's good to have as a backup, obviously. All right, back to the NFL draft. Another one of the intriguing picks that came later on, I think the Commanders, and I want to say Commodores, and I'm going to say it again, <laughs> but the Washington Commanders uh, picking Sam Howell from North Carolina, and and they get a guy like a, a Matt Corral who who can come in and and compete for the starting job right away. He may not get it right away, but you got to think he's got a shot. And I think he's learning behind a guy. You know, Howell's pretty athletic. He's not saying he's going to run for 100 yards in a game, but he's got kind of the complete package like Matt Corral to where they can throw the ball, they got pretty good arms, and they're very athletic moving. And I think Howell's stepping into a position that's pretty good because he's going to be playing behind uh, Carson Wentz. And not saying Wentz has been perfect because he has not been, but he's had playoff experience. He's been in the league a long time. You know, he came out of North Dakota State, so he knows how to play with the chip on his shoulder. And also, Wentz's job is not safe, so Ham, Sam Howell actually has a chance to see the field sometime in the next year, year and a half, two years. And Carson Wentz is really one of those question marks in the National Football League because he, he had such a great start at one point, and then he gets shipped to Indy, and, and that experiment didn't last long at all. No. And then uh, now he's with the, one of the, <laughs> the funniest tweets I saw during the draft. Somebody tweeted out, we're in the third round, and the Washington Commanders are still calling themselves the Commanders. <laughs> because they think that the the name is so bad, and uh, I and I, I agree, but I just uh, I think that too late to change it now. <laughs> well, you know, I you say that, but but you know the way they they went about, I mean, you know, there's not even a a, 
a picture of a commander. There's not even a, a logo of a commander. There's just a W. I mean, they could have been the Washington football team for that. They will probably have to rebrand, especially if people don't start to warm up to it. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe it was last season or two years ago. They made some slight alterations to how they logo themselves, going to the B instead of the tiger head. Yeah. And they're going to have to adjust those well, And you can do so many different things. And in this day, you know, this day where you can market everything, and you just think about the minor league baseball team. Think of the Wood Ducks and, and what they do with, with the Woodies and, and just uh, all the names in minor league baseball, just the crazy, you know, the caps and the shirts and just yeah. everything you can do. And to have a logo that, you know, I just – I get all of my Reds, former Redskins uh, fans. They're still Washington fans. But uh, I just I think they missed the, the whole boat on the whole logo thing, the Red Wolves or the Red Hogs or anything like that to, to talk about their tradition. And, and I've never been a Washington fan, but that's been a big rival of my favorite team. But, you know, and, and you think back, and Jason's old enough to remember this, the American Express had a commercial one time with Tom Landry and Joe Gibbs, two mm-hmm. of the most Christian men that you'll ever meet. And I've met them both. And they were they were in a commercial where it was it was in a saloon in an old western saloon and, and the cowboys were trying to get with the redskins and and those two were part of the commercial and it was just hilarious and back then it was it was okay now obviously it's not but it was you know it's a shame we don't have Ken Watlington here to yeah we need to get him in so here to defend so. his uh, defend his honor and but defend it is, his it is interesting about Sam Howell you know, like you were saying earlier I mean he was a Heisman Trophy candidate right the season. he really they was he had a terrible season and he got injured and such so he has a really good chance of coming in and kind of making some noise and such I was just looking it up it's interesting you know with uh, was it Malik Bradley who got drafted and Ryan Tenniel saying that it's not his job to uh, oh yeah coach him to yeah, become a quarterback that was a mistake that, that Liberty quarterback Malik he, Willis came in and they he can he, he can believe that all he wants, yeah. but you don't have to say that. Exactly. I mean, you know. So I think Sam, I think Sam will have a better go around than Malik will. But it'll be interesting to see what yeah. those two quarterbacks do because there was a lot of talk about both of them. I guess Malik towards the end because of his athleticism and such, and then Sam obviously Heisman Trophy candidate beginning the season, North Carolina guy, and everything. It was a rare draft too that I think the Giants and the Jets did very very well, and usually their fans are just <laughs> all over them because they they make they take risky you know, they take. All all kinds of risk and they have risky picks and they, they have picks that don't pan out and they kind of know that, but they both had good drafts. I thought. Yeah. And, and, and the fans obviously, you know, recorded towards that, that, I mean, the jets were listed amongst, you know, the best teams as far yeah. as the draft was concerned. Is a good well, draft it helps rate. that they had 35 draft picks. Well, right. Yeah, yeah. So. They, what's very interesting to me to kind of talk about the jets real quick. They chose sauce Gardner fourth overall. One of the, statistically speaking, one of the best cornerbacks in the draft, played for Cincinnati. We saw him, great athlete. Also one of the best statistically cornerbacks in the draft, Jaquan McMillan. Right. Guess where he falls? Played in the same conference. I understand the schedule was a little bit different, but just as good statistically. He goes undrafted? You're telling me that... One guy goes fourth overall, and one guy doesn't get taken. It but doesn't make sauce. sense. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. He's got a better nickname. The, the branding, <laughs> the branding is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, all of the commercials that he can do. Yeah, that's going to make be, a lot of money off that. Really good. All right. Any other thoughts on the draft before we get out of here on this day? What do you think about 
being held in Vegas. I think that's a great idea. I hold it there every time. I thought Nashville was really cool because if you ever been to Nashville, uh, you know, just Broadway and just that whole street and just every, everywhere you go, there's great music and it's just fun. And I love going. Nashville's one of my favorite towns, you know, to get a chance to go to. And and I found out about Nashville late in life. <laughs> I'm one of those that never, didn't go anywhere for 50 years and then all of a sudden I'm branching out. But uh, but Vegas the same way. I think that I've never been to Vegas, but I think that in watching the stuff on television everything the way they handled it i think they did a nice job and i think that's a that's a great time but maybe they need to bounce it around in different places yeah i think they'll continue to move it around but vegas could definitely be a recurring oh yeah it'd really be interesting if they could see the carolina one of the things I, i'm sure y'all saw was uh was that the lobby with all the ladies hanging out you know during the draft and such and and that, that's just one of the many aspects of it that made vegas uh, so interesting and but, but yeah it would be nice if they could <laughs> pass it around to a carolina or another uh place like that i mean heck uh, they mentioned the fact that today that uh, you know the first NFL games going to be played in Germany. Who knows? They might yeah. try to the draft in England or something at some point. They so might diversify. Yeah. You can tell. Las Vegas is an epicenter for epic. Whether that's good epic or yep. bad epic, Sin it's City. still up in the air. But uh, Iki Iquanu, that sixth overall pick for the Panthers, uh, reporter asked him in one of the post draft interviews, and he apparently went and he said he never played craps before. Went and played craps, throwing the dice around. I don't know how to play. He said he won quite a bit of money. Wasn't going to disclose it, but wow. if you're a sixth overall pick and you're going to celebrate, Las Vegas is probably, yeah, probably as say. good a place as any. Yeah, you can afford to lose a couple of uh, <laughs> as, dollars as soon but, as but you if, sign the contract. Yeah, yes, that's exactly right. All right, we're closing out for this edition of the Nine on Your Side Sports Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We certainly appreciate it. For Garrett Short and Jason Boyd. I'm Brian Bailey, and we'll see you next time here on the Nine on Your Side Sports Podcast.